the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on this beautiful Saturday, June 10th. 2023. Lots of stuff to talk to you about. We've got four great guests that you're going to want to hear about. Uh, My friends, the border issue, the border crisis continues. The invasion continues. And and it's affecting Democrat strongholds like like New York, like Washington, D.C., like Denver. It's starting to affect them, and they don't like it, my friends. They don't like it. However, All they want to do is ask for more money. Instead of shutting down the border, they want to ask for more money. The the mayor of New York is now filing suit against suburban counties of New York City, demanding that they take some of the uh, illegal aliens, some of the refugees, migrants, whatever they call them, demanding that they take them. How about you demand that they shut the border down? How about that idea? Of course not. That's too logical. And of course, liberals are far from being logical, my friends. Let's, uh, let me tell you who our guests are because you're going to want to tune in and call your friends and tell them to tune into it. Uh, first of all, we've got Dr. Mike Vickers. Uh, he's a resident in Brooks County, South Texas here. Uh, Dr. Vickers has been at the front of uh, calling for something to happen uh, at the border because uh, his his property uh, in Falfurias, Texas has been overrun. There have been bodies found on his property. Uh, it was recently damaged again uh, by a car chase. My friends, uh, the man is uh, he is a great patriot, but he is overwhelmed. We also have Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. He's going to be talking to us about how uh, children are being used, families are being claimed uh, as a loophole now to get into the into the country. Then we've got Mr. D.A. King, dear friend of mine from Marietta, Georgia, all the way from Marietta, Georgia. He's going to be talking to us how the uh, Southern Poverty Leadership uh, Council is uh, is attacking him. One has has uh, defamed him, and uh, how he is defending himself against this very leftist organization. Our final guest is Ron Kobach. Uh, Ron is the Fair Secretary, Press Secretary in Washington D.C. He's going to be telling us what is happening in D.C. with regards, my friends, with regards to the uh, debt ceiling agreement. What is in there that could help? us down here and uh, what does it uh, not have that's not going to help us my friends Uh, lots of discussion about the debt ceiling and some agreements as well as some compromises etc etc well let's find out uh, is there anything for us so anyway welcome to the show my friends thank you for tuning in call your friends to join us let's go to our first guest Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, uh, Dr. Mike Vickers from the uh, from Brooks County, Texas, which is south of us. It's uh, about 40 miles from the border, uh, the little community of Falfurias. Uh, it's got a border patrol station. And it has been the site, my friends, of uh, a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic coming in from the Rio Grande Valley going north. So uh, we, I wanted to reach out to uh, Dr. Vickers and ask him 
uh, to give us an update of what's been going on in his neck of the woods since uh, Title 42 has, uh, has gone away. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vickers, again. Tell us what is going on in your neighborhood since Title 42 went away. How's it looking? Well, thank goodness for state resources, uh, the DPS in particular. Uh, our traffic is down. However, like uh, last night, I uh, had a big group come through. Uh, the first time in weeks that I've had a significant number in one group come through. And they tore up the fence along the highway uh, on 281, so I'll be repairing fence this evening. But anyway, other than that, the traffic has been down. We still have a sprinkle here and there, uh, single or double or maybe two or three or four, but uh, nothing like it had been. And that we attribute that to the intense uh, and, and difficult work by DPS troopers going down there and, and mobilizing along the border there and uh, keeping people from crossing. And uh, with that, uh, I think uh, as of Saturday, uh, we had at least 50 DPS troopers from Florida down there in Hidalgo and Cameron County along the river helping them. So the state's presence and uh, attitude and determination to stop this is helping tremendously. Now, we need to make sure that people understand that these are states that have stepped up to uh, support and help uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety, the DPS, our state troopers, because um, the fact is that when um, an illegal alien is caught and turned over to the Border Patrol, the Border Patrol um, does this whatever they call processing and then releases them, correct? Well, that's 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 the message I'm getting, George. And, uh, you know, they're not going to stop coming. I mean, uh, this this administration, just like the uh, administration was uh, when uh, President Biden was vice president, is anti-production agriculture. They're saying that 13% of greenhouse emissions are attributed to production agriculture. So it looks like down the road, we may they may be coming after farmers and ranchers on that issue. And that's going to that's going to shut a lot of farming and ranching operations down in the United States. And the United States farmers and ranchers produce more food at a reduced price than than has ever been recorded in the history of the planet. And uh, it, it looks like that could be shut down. And a lot of the ranchers and farmers are going to turn that productive farmland and ranch land into uh, solar panel uh, property. And that's going to have a tremendous negative impact on food production for the whole world. And we're going to see people, more people coming. I think the worst has not happened yet. We, we haven't seen what's really fixing to take place when people start starving in India, China, South America, and so forth. And that's true. That's true. I mean, the, uh, the production of, of food by the United States has always been legendary. Now, the situation that, um, you know, like you said, since Title 42, um, it, it's, it's slowed down a bit. Uh, what about the traffic going in the other direction? People going to, uh, to, the, uh, uh, to Mexico um, with uh, guns and money, I've, we've heard. Uh, have you seen any of that? Oh, we have, George. And in fact, uh, I think I sent a picture to you uh, the other day of a rancher that uh, stopped four backpackers headed south and uh, made them take their backpacks off. And one of them didn't want to give it up, but he, he was able to convince him otherwise. And in that uh, backpack was $30,000 packaged up in $100 bills, and he was uh, taking it back to Mexico. Obviously, he'd probably come through the brush uh uh, bringing drugs back into the end of the country, and then he was taking his payload of uh, money back. And uh, uh, we're seeing more and more of this because traditionally over the years in the past, uh, they've taken it back in vehicles. You know, the, the vehicles were not stopped going south. But now with this DPS presence, they are stopping vehicles going south. And uh, they don't want to run the risk of losing that money. So they're coming through our private property with that money and they're going to do everything they can to, to protect it. So it's a big challenge for us. You made the comment a few moments ago about um, uh, the uh, the Biden administration and uh, the Democrats, uh, the liberals, should I say, uh, are more interested in the environment. However, we have seen a lot of pictures of trash, 
of uh, discarded debris that uh, is left by uh, the uh, illegal aliens as they cross the uh, the private property. Um, have you uh, and others in your area uh, seen this kind of uh, of uh, trash left uh, along the way? The environmental impact of illegal immigration, so to speak. Absolutely, George. It's it's, it's very disturbing. But along with that, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fence damage, uh, windmill damage, uh, water source damage, people, uh, homes being broken into, vehicles being stolen, bulldozers being stolen and driven 40 or 50 miles going through 50 or 60 fences taking out 100 yards of fence every, every fence they come to. All of this is, is collectively uh, creating a huge, huge problem for ranchers in South Texas. Not to mention uh, the threat of danger for their families where their kids can't go out on the ranch on horseback or their wife can't go out on the uh, ranch on horseback. And many people are leaving the ranch and moving to cities, moving to San Antonio, Corpus Christi, McAllen to escape the element of, of danger so uh, it's, it's a huge problem it's certainly compromised our lives along the border for up to 100 miles or more inland so uh, it's a big problem yeah we have uh, I, I personally have attended several uh, meetings that have been held by the counties recently um, the county uh, leaderships and uh, the, they have been listening to the uh, ranchers to the property owners who are voicing some great concerns about the damage and the danger to their property. In fact, um, uh, the little community of Cotula, Texas, uh, had to uh, has had to provide advisories to parents near schools when they drop off the kids at schools uh, to be aware of car chases of uh, illegal aliens or, or human smugglers fleeing from troopers uh, and, and what the car chases... Uh, how dangerous they are near uh, near schools uh, are you are, have neighbors of yours experienced these kind of um, of dangers not only the property damage but break-ins as well as car chases and all that sort of stuff Exactly, George. We have, and uh, my neighbors have as well. But also, uh, here in Brooks County, we're dealing with an overwhelming number of dead bodies showing up on private property. In 2021 and 2022, under under President Biden, we've had over 200 show up uh, in Brooks County, uh, most of them within 15 or 20 minutes in any direction from my home. And we've already got them stacking up this year. And so it's a, it's a huge concern. And, of course, people that experience this on their private property is very disturbing for them and their families. And it's just this is the United States of America. And with those kind of numbers, with people uh, uh, dying on their private property, one of them was 70 yards from my front door, a woman from Columbia. It, it's it's disheartening. It's just unacceptable. And uh, this is what we're dealing with because of the Democrats and this Biden administration and their open border policy. Wow. Incredible. Dr. Vickers, thank you very much for taking time as usual to be with us today and chat. We'll have you back on sometime real soon and uh, and get get another update of what is happening in your sector section of the of the uh, border. Uh, anything else you'd like to leave with us before we let you go? Well, uh, everybody needs to take a step forward and and be vocal. Make sure you let your local uh, uh, leadership at the county level and the city level uh, know how you feel about what's happening because it's a threat for every community in the United States, not just Brooks County. And uh, there's a huge number of criminal uh, criminals coming through with people that are actually looking for a job, uh, innocent people. Uh, they're still breaking our laws by coming into our country illegally, but the, the the criminal content and the percent of criminals coming is staggering. And uh, uh, this is a huge concern. Step up and be vocal. Take a step forward. Uh, put the right people in office to govern at the city level, the county level, the state level, and uh, the, the federal level. And and uh, our governor, uh, Governor Abbott, is doing an excellent job and 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 protecting us at at the state level, and of course at the U.S. level, uh, the federal level as well, by deploying state resources to shut this invasion down. So uh, uh, 
hats off to him and his administration for doing this, and it's it's given us a little bit of a reprieve here uh, uh, of recent uh, past few months. You got it. Thank you very, very much, Dr. Vickers. Stay, uh, stay safe and uh, take care. Thank you, George. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about this. It's a huge uh, concern for, for, for all of us. You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got our good buddy, Mr. Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. And he's written another article. He's doing constant research and visiting the border as well as uh, talking to folks. And um, he uh, has written his latest article about the latest loophole in the uh, in in the immigration policy that uh, well you know that supposedly is being enforced by by the Biden administration. Todd, welcome to the to uh, the show. Thank you for taking time Great to be here. with us. Um, tell Great us about your latest again. article. Sure. Well, you remember that uh, after Title Forty Two went away on May eleventh. Uh, Title IV being the Trump-era tough, uh, everybody gets pushed back into Mexico who gets caught crossing illegally. Uh, After that went away, the Biden administration put in place another policy to replace it that they have heralded as really uh, punishment-tough, consequence-tough, deterrent-tough, Everybody who gets caught is subject to expedited removal, to uh, an uh, immediate asylum decline, uh, to uh, possible prosecution, and to a five-year ban on re-entry, that kind of thing, on legal entry. And uh, as it turns out, none of that is being applied at the border. And family groups have figured out that they can cross illegally and be brought right into the heartland on buses. Uh, They're being issued personal recognizance papers, just like always, uh, with a a request that they voluntarily self-report to an ICE office in whatever town they pick, uh, kind of this honor system thing, just like it's always been. Uh, but, you know, there was a pause for uh, a, a, an initial period of time as the immigrants assessed whether there really was going to be any harshness or punishment for crossing illegally. Uh, and it turns out that there is not. And word is very rapidly spreading throughout the world that if you're in a family group that you've got a kid and you cross the border, you get in very quickly. And so when I was down at the border last week, I met and interviewed, uh, you know, four or five different families that had just been let in. I examined their papers, uh, spoke to them about this, how they got in and how they were treated when they got in and where they were going. And so it's on because as soon as the word spreads, as we know, everybody comes running for the border to get the same benefit. Now, that's how that works. whether or not these people are actually are actually families, because uh, uh, whether they're or not, we don't we don't really know. Because I mean, obviously, no DNA testing is going on at the border, correct? Well, that's a terrible time for the administration to to have eliminated DNA rapid DNA tests because we saw during a similar episode in twenty nineteen and really all the way through to now that when people learned that if they had a kid and they showed up at the border they'd be let in uh, you know they would just rent them or borrow them or pay the the real parents to you know let them have one of the kids to cross over but the DNA testing jammed that up and ended it immediately uh, so when the administration got rid of it or vastly reduced rapid DNA tests for the purpose of moving them through faster. They didn't want to have a big long line as people were waiting the 30 minutes, 45 minutes for their rapid DNA to take the test and get the results back, uh, which is the reason why they got rid of it. Uh, we should start to see more abuses like we've seen in the past 
where, you know, a mom with four kids rents three of them out and then she gets her smuggling fee paid for her and the other kid. Uh, and then hopefully they can reunite on the other end, but sometimes it doesn't turn out well. Yeah. Kids get dropped in alone in cornfields or, you know, just dropped over the border, uh, you know, breaking their legs uh, as they're being dropped down the fence line, stuff like that. That's That's what that's all part of. That's incredible. I mean, and, and you know, this loophole, uh, some people might say that, uh, well, at least it's not young men that are coming in, but young men are still coming in, aren't they? Oh, yeah. So uh, one of the other loopholes is that if you are from a country that won't take you back as a deportee, then and you cross illegally, you get let in right away, too. And as a result, we're having people from China by the thousands cross in. China won't take them back, and we won't make China take them back because we're weak with China. Uh, Sudanese, Mauritanians, Senegalese, people from all over Africa are crossing in and getting right in. Uh, I was in the Phoenix airport yesterday coming back from a, a speech in California, like a transfer flight and I had like an hour and a half to uh, to burn and I noticed that the airport was absolutely filled with immigrants. How do I know? Because they all are carrying plastic bags with their papers in it and that's how you can tell an immigrant just fresh off the border and I actually befriended a, a Senegalese and a Mauritanian and had let them have them let me look at their paperwork and they were they crossed the border 48 hours earlier and they were already in the airport going to New York that is happening thousands and thousands of people are coming in that way from countries that won't take them back and we won't make them take them back so you know Biden administration is claiming a 70% decline and taking it in illegal immigrants crossing the border if there was ever such a thing uh, that is quickly being erased as word spreads around the world that we're letting them in just like we always did. We met uh, a, a young lady on Monday here in um, here at the Migrant Center who was part of a family group. And uh, I've got to admit that when I looked at, uh, at one of her kids, uh, didn't even, didn't look like the rest of them. I'm sorry. You know, uh, I know that's racial profiling or whatever they call it, but... Uh, it, the kid the kid just didn't look like the rest of the family. Uh, I would suppose that this is going to be happening a whole lot more, correct? Absolutely. It's extremely dangerous to the children. Uh, it's, uh, there's, first of all, there's terrible parenting going on. Uh, the parents of these kids must be charged with child endangerment when they get here. Uh, that is one way to end this kind of abuse but we did know, we did find out, I write in my book Overrun all about this in a chapter called Fake Families, uh, that the rapid DNA testing that Trump implemented ended that immediately, overnight. Nobody, I mean, there were people in the line to get their DNA testing that just gave it up right then and there. They didn't even want to go through the line to get their TNA testing uh -huh. and word spread all over the country all over the world don't you can't bring in a kid that's not yours they're, they're probably going to do a DNA test on you and you're going to get prosecuted so the, the idea that they got rid of deep, rapid DNA testing is uh, an affront to uh, humanity it is absolutely uh, evil that they would do away with a program that protected kids as well as that one did. Yep. And, and the other thing, like you mentioned a few moments ago, is that this same family, um, and I'll put that in quotes, but this same family had just crossed uh, in Eagle Pass uh, 24 hours earlier, and they were already um, set to go to New York. They already had their well, ticket uh, and everything. I, that's, well, that's what I'm reporting, is that you know family units have all discovered that you don't have to wait in line for some kind of a permit uh, under CBP-1 or do any of that stuff. You get the same benefit if you just cross illegally, and that's what they're doing everywhere. So expect a mad rush in the coming months of family units, just like we've seen before. Yeah, wow. It, 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 is, it is really, really disturbing that 
these loopholes continue with the uh, Biden administration, well, and the Biden administration doesn't I mean, seem to, hold, to to care. Yeah, I mean, I wrote probably three or four different columns predicting this. Uh, that you know, I pointed out the loopholes, and I said, "Give it a pause. They'll all wait, and then they're going to discover these loopholes and come through." And that's happening. Wow, incredible. My man, thank you very, very much as usual uh, for uh, being on our show and for talking to us about this this latest uh, disaster uh, in our immigration uh, policies and laws. Uh, anything you'd like to add before we let you go? Where can people read and find you? Well, you can buy the book Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History, anywhere books are sold. Uh, just came out in late February, and it's very relevant if you want to understand why this is happening exactly and how it happened and how to get out of it. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter, Benzman Todd or uh, T. Benzman at Getter. You got it. Thank you very, very much, Todd. We've been speaking with Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies in, in, uh, in Austin. And uh, thank you very, very much. We'll get back to you and follow you with some other stuff. All right. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got... Uh, a new guest with us. Well, no, he's not a new guest. He's been on before. He's a good friend. Uh, he's been on before, but uh, he's uh, facing some issues that we want him to tell us about. Mr. D.A. King with the Dustin Society in uh, Marietta, Georgia. So uh, he's talking to us long distance here. Uh, D.A., thank you for taking time to be with us as usual. You carry on a strong battle against illegal immigration in the state of Georgia. But apparently, some people want to shut you up. Some people want to get rid of you at this point. Um, tell us a little bit about the Dustin Society, and then tell us what is going on. I will, George, and it's always a pleasure, my old friend, to to be on your show and just to get to chat with you. So thank you very much for the time. Um I am the founder and president and sweeper and bottle washer for the Dustin Inman Society. We are a 501c4 nonprofit enterprise set up to fight the organized crime that is illegal immigration. And we are not, uh, we don't have the national ability, we don't have the funds to, to do this on a national basis. But we do fight illegal immigration here in the state of Georgia and sometimes in Washington when there's a, an amnesty bill pending. A lot of people don't know that. Um, there's only six states in the union that have more illegal aliens than does Georgia. Uh, we have more illegal aliens living here in the state of Georgia than we have green card holders. It is a really big deal here to those of us who take a conservative pro-enforcement attitude towards immigration. Um, we are against illegal immigration, and we say as much all over our website. We are named after a young Georgia youth who is forever 16 years old because the United States of America does not enforce our immigration laws, our employment laws, our benefits laws, or, or secure our border. Dustin Inman was killed on Father's Day weekend in the year 2000 when an illegal alien ran into the back of the Inman family car, stopped at a light, killing Dustin instantly in the back seat and putting his parents, my friends Billy and Kathy Inman, both of them in comas as a result of the accident. Um, Dustin was 16, he'd always be 16. Billy and Kathy both passed on um, 18 and 20 years later as a result of the crash and the misery that ensued in the middle included Kathy, the, the mom of Dustin, being in a wheelchair for that that twenty year period of time. It, it, it's it's horrible. I, I, I say it. I, I try to tell that story very quickly because I am constantly told that illegal immigration is somehow a victimless crime, and I'm also told that well, DA, 
anybody could have killed Dustin and, and run into the family car. But see, it wasn't anybody. It was somebody who had no legal right to be here. It was somebody to whom um, employers gave a job, the state of Georgia and or the state of North Carolina, where this driver lived, gave a driver's license and, and, and benefits and the security of knowing that having been stopped three separate times by local law enforcement previous to the crash was was released. So we fight illegal immigration. And as you said, there's a lot of people who don't like that. And they try to make it seem like we are against immigrants or against immigration. And we're not. Now, uh, I have participated in, in a uh, meeting that you had, a, a, uh, a conference. Uh, my friend Tom Holman, who probably is one of the top advocates in the nation, uh, against illegal immigration was there. Um, it was a, it was a quite quite a nice gathering. Who who and why are they trying to shut you up? Well, as as anybody knows who's discussed immigration in anything different from a different viewpoint than the far left wants it discussed, uh, will understand that the effort on the part of the left is to make you shut up, sit down, and stay that way. And and I don't do that, and I've been doing this for 20 years. It's the Southern Poverty Law Center, which a lot of people think is an up-and-up civil rights group in Montgomery, Alabama, is actually an anti-enforcement group that has raised a little over $740 million in fundraising Um and opposes enforcement of our immigration laws. It is the Southern Poverty Law Center that branded us, excuse me, George, <clears throat> I'm sorry. The Southern Poverty Law Center branded us an anti-immigrant hate group because we oppose illegal immigration. And in a minute, we'll discuss the difference between an illegal alien and an immigrant like my adopted sister. But let me say that being branded an anti-immigrant hate group by the far left of the Southern Poverty Law Center came as quite a surprise to the immigrants on our board of advisors, our immigrant donors, my immigrant friends, and my adopted sister, who is an immigrant. Um, the effort is, is to make us appear as somehow we oppose immigrants when actually we oppose illegal immigration. So I'm constantly required to say that being pro-enforcement is not anti-immigrant. The uh, the situation with uh, with them to trying to shut you up, <clears throat> um, the uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center has been well known for a long time uh, as uh, a, uh, an, a very vocal and virulent opponent of um, of conservatives. Uh, they uh, they claim that they go after Klansmen and and racists and everything else. But uh, anybody that uh, does not agree with their agenda, their leftist agenda, is branded immediately a a racist and a Klan uh, supporter. Uh, what is going on with you? How are they trying to shut you up? Well, the, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center told the Associated Press in 2011 here in Georgia when we, we were successful in getting one of our, 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 our many bills through the Georgia legislature and signed by the governor, the SPLC told the Associated Press that specifically they are not, meaning us, we are not a hate group. <clears throat> that was kind of them. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and then they gave a, a, a pretty long, detailed explanation of why we, they did not consider us a hate group. Well, fast forward to 2018 when the Southern Poverty Law Center signed up to registered to lobby in the Georgia legislature against the bills that we had either drafted or were supporting and, and encouraging passage. Um, then they decided since they're going to lobby against our legislation that maybe we are a hate group. And then they, they put us in, in their hate map. The, the effort, as you mentioned earlier, is to put everybody who doesn't agree with the Southern Poverty Law Center in, in the same slot as the despicable Ku Klux Klan members and they try to make everyone seem like they might be some kind of a racist hater like the Klan if they don't agree with the Southern Poverty Law Center and one more time 
this other poverty law center does not believe in immigration enforcement. And neither do they believe in the sanctity of our immigration system, I guess, or the, the rich tradition of immigration in that they are quite willing to smear real legal immigrants along in the same category as illegal aliens. So I am, I am in the process of a lawsuit against the SPLC. We have sued them for defamation. We have gotten a court case in the federal court in, in Montgomery, Alabama, where the Southern Poverty Law Center is based, and that is taking up most of our time right now. Now, um, I, I would imagine that all of this is going to cost you money. Um, do you have uh, Do you have a GoFundMe page or anything like that? I, I, I do, and, and I appreciate that. The, I am told by multiple lawyers that the Southern Poverty Law Center will fight this as much as they can. Again, they have $740 million with which to continue that fight. Um, I have double mortgages on my home that my wife and I have lived in since 1984 that we, that we, we took out the mortgages to continue our, our pro-enforcement fight here. So we do have a a GoFundMe page. It's easily accessed on our website. You can Google the Dustin Image Society, SPLC GoFundMe. Um, we are the first group to ever, I am told, make it past the motion to dismiss in a federal court. I am told that nobody has gotten this far in the court process as we have against the SPL SPLC for the charge of defamation. So I'm told we'll need a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. I have two mortgages. People have so far been relatively generous in, in, in donating increments of ten, twenty-five, a hundred dollars to our cause. We don't yet have seven hundred and forty million dollars to fight the SPLC, but we are very grateful for any help that people can give in, in this donation process. We have a GoFundMe page and a, a Give Send Go page. Wow. So, folks, anybody listening that uh, can help, you know, we encourage you to do that, uh, to help the Dustin Inman Society and help our good friend, Mr. D.A. King. D.A., anything else that you can share with us before we let you go? Yes, George, it's, it's imperative that people understand, for conservatives, especially pro-enforcement conservatives, we are not going to have a chance as a group to get things right with the SPLC again in our lifetime. Again, we are the only group who has ever gotten to this stage in the court process. We need help, and, and this should be regarded as an opportunity not only to clear our own names here in, in Georgia, in the Dustin Inman Society, but to, to take a swing at the SPLC for all of the evil they have done to all of the conservatives who have been smeared by their vile and, and, and completely baseless accusations. The liberal media is not going to do this story. You're not going to see this in the in the LA Times or the Atlantic Journal-Constitution because they know that they're not going to do anything negative upon the SPLC and they know that if they publish this story in mainstream media, uh, we are not going to that we will get the help from the, from the donations that it would produce. So that will never happen. There's a lot of media stories out there I urge people to go to our website, newdustininmansociety.org, newdustininmansociety.org. Please see our, our, our Facebook page, our website that I just gave you, and you can see all the media stories that are up, and you can see our media statement where we confirm that we are not vilifying all immigrants. Yep, that's the truth. That's the truth. I can vouch for that, and I can vouch for the fact that the media and the leftists just refuse to see the difference between legal and illegal immigration. I can tell you that. My friends, thank you very, very much. Hang in there, folks. We've been speaking with our good buddy, Mr. D.A. King, out of Marietta, Georgia, who's in a fight, uh, and he needs our support, the Dustin Inman Society in, in uh, Georgia. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, George. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Ron Kovach, who is uh, the uh, spokesperson, the, spoke, the uh, press secretary for FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. 
the largest organization, the most uh, powerful organization uh, that uh, speaks out for sanity and immigration and uh, border control. And uh, we, we wanted to get him on because uh, he's right there in D.C. in the middle of the thick of things uh, of what's been going on with um, any any legislative action, any action uh, with or for uh, border security or against border security in many cases. Ron, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Um, what's uh, what's what's going on in D.C.? What, give us an update of what's going on in D.C., particularly in this whole argument over the debt ceiling uh, and legislation that's apparently uh, included in that. Is there anything that uh, we can look forward to or worry about? Well, thanks for having me back, George. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, I will tell you, unfortunately, the debt ceiling did not uh, sell a lot of positives for border security here. Um, there were attempts by FAIR to talk to legislators about trying to get more into the bill about uh, immigration and trying to build the border wall, get more security, things like that. And uh, unfortunately, it was it was not included. Um, I can tell you there was one bright spot about it, which was um, when it got sent, the debt ceiling bill got sent out of the House and over to the Senate. Uh, uh, Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas. What he proposed was putting the House passed HR2 Border Security Act. I'm sure we've talked about that one before. And uh, the Secure the Border Act, excuse me. And that HR2 was supposed to go inside of the debt ceiling is what he proposed. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the votes so none of the legislation passed through the Senate there. Wow. Uh, so really, there's not too much in there that, that we can look forward to. You know, the uh, the uh, numbers keep uh, there. They're pretty... Uh, they're pretty steady, uh, high, <laughs> very, very high, but it doesn't look like uh, Title 42 increased or slowed anything down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely say that. I will say I was watching a congressional hearing yesterday. I forgot who exactly it was who said it. But uh, they, they really said is that, you know, after Title 42, anyone who's claiming it went down or there was any sort of a, a change. I mean, previously they said that 1,000 coming over the border every day was a crisis. And still, even post-Title 42, we're at around 5,000 a day that are coming over, George. So, I mean, we're still at crisis levels. And anyone who's saying, oh, well, it's still at the same level or nothing changed. I mean, okay, but we still have a border crisis going on that doesn't dispute the fact that this is still a thing that we have to deal with. Um, and, you know, if the House and the Senate could have gotten together and, you know, like I said, pass them something to secure the border wall, something to get more agents or even improve technology so we could try to see people like the gotaways that are coming across, because we all know how many are, there's over a million that have come across, and that's that's a light estimate, that have come across under the Biden administration. And, you know, these are not the people who are the people who are evading border patrol. Those aren't the people that we want in our country. Now, the, uh, the folks that have been screaming about uh, uh, migrants, as they call them, coming into their community, uh, like the mayor of New York, uh, like uh, in Chicago, like in D.C., have uh, they had any impact on their Democratic com uh, counterparts uh, who are in, the, in, in, uh, in D.C. and in, the, uh, in Congress and in, in the Senate? I mean, have they had any uh, impact on it? On on uh, on them regarding the border crisis. I think uh, I think really what is going on inside of both Chicago and New York City really explains the situation they're in. And I will say this: short answer, no. I don't think anyone in Washington is hearing the plight of these cities of what's going on. And I mean, obviously, it's their sanctuary city policies which put them where they're at. You know, all Abbott is doing, all DeSantis is doing, is they're sending their buses, they're sending their planes to these cities which have said we are going to be a sanctuary for migrants. We're not going to, or all migrants, as we'll say, uh, that we're not a we're a sanctuary city for those places so you know they're open to receive them is what they're saying and uh, once they actually see what their policies are causing down at the border uh, they're, they're really seeing the consequences for example inside of Chicago uh, the city council just ended up passing a by a 34 to 13 vote so it, it wasn't you know it was neck and neck 50 50 by a 31 to four, uh, by a 
34 to 13 vote, the Chicago City Council ended up passing that they're going to spend $51 million on care for illegal aliens that are inside of the city right now because of all the problems that they're having. I mean, we don't know where the money's coming from. We don't know how it's going to be spent. Obviously, it's coming out of care for, you know, whether it's homeless, whether it's veterans, which Chicago has issues with a lot of homeless people on the streets, also along with D.C., along with New York City. And uh, what this money's going to is just the people that are coming into the country illegally. And the people were protesting this meeting, and still this ended up getting passed. That's one example for how, you know, D.C., they're really not doing anything there. And uh, in New York City, we had uh, uh, Mayor Adams just come out last week, and he said that he's going to start thinking of paying New York residents to house illegal aliens inside of their private residences because New York City doesn't have any more room, and there's no help from the federal government there as well. That's amazing. You know, instead of thinking, uh, how about shutting down the border until we can take care of this, uh, stopping all the immigration, uh, all the illegal immigration, uh, why uh, they just they just look for more money or more ways to accommodate people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, and yeah, again, I, I don't know who was saying that last week, but, you know, a lot of people who are, are throwing stones back at the mayors here who are spending this money and doing this and uh, or throwing stones at uh, Abbott and DeSantis for bringing uh, buses up because they're saying, oh, well, you know, it's wrong for these border cities to be putting this burden on the bigger cities to have all these people coming in. Uh-huh. It's like, what are we doing in the first place? <laughs> well, you know, and these these incentives that they create, uh, these th- they encourage uh, more illegal immigration, more migrants to come into their community. Um, here in here in in Texas, I just read this morning that um, in Harris County, which is Houston, they're going to they are actually talking about basic income, universal income for illegal aliens, which means that you would pay them to, for not working. For just existing in your in your community, uh, it, it would be one more incentive for illegals to move into your community. I don't get it. I mean, what don't these people see? Uh, apparently, they don't see that as taxpayer money. They think that's coming out of thin air. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous what they're doing. We're spending millions of dollars on people who all we would have to do is put some basic border security measures in place, not make it so the CBP-1 app is readily available just to let anyone across the border with a red carpet anytime. Um, we need to make sure that our border security policies are in a place where we're actually providing security and we're not making it so we have to provide these incentives or do this with people who are coming into our country. You know, Fair put out a study a few months ago that said that the United States taxpayer is has the, the United States taxpayer generally the entire group of us are on the hook for around 151 billion dollars every single year because of fees related to illegal immigration and now we're talking about Chicago spending millions of dollars we're talking about Houston spending millions of dollars I mean New York's asking them to you know bring in bring illegal aliens into your home because there's nowhere room to put them all we have to do is follow basic policies and we don't have to charge all that but you know this number keeps on getting uh, or, or sorry, what's going on in Texas right now is uh, Governor Abbott. He ended up declaring that uh, he needed. He sent a letter to every governor in the United States, and uh, on that letter, he ended up saying, "You know, Texas needs help. Operation Lone Star needs help. I need you guys to send all the assistance that you can." And so far, governors from 14 different states have ended up responding and sending in troops. Some of them running for president, some of them not. So there's a little bit of a preview for you. That's excellent. Well, you know, in fact, when I was down at the border this past weekend, uh, I walked into a uh, into a restaurant, and uh, lo and behold, uh, there were uh, there were troopers from Nebraska, uh, Idaho, and um, who else? Well, in Florida, in Florida, in there, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought would you know almost looked like a convention of of troopers, but all of them were there. Uh, to help uh, back up the uh, the state, and um, I, I found that very heartening. Yeah, and it was definitely, you know, who's who, governors who are the people who ended up sending. I mean, Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders sent them. Florida, Ron DeSantis sent them. Uh, we had Christy Nome from South Dakota, Glenn Youngkin from Virginia. Um, and, you know, of course, so there are 14 of them. I don't think anyone wants to hear me list all those off over the phone here. Uh, but obviously, there, there, there's a lot of people who went, and, you know, a few of them have, let's just say, higher ambitions, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, you know, anything else that you want to add before we let you go, buddy? 
well, you know, I will say that uh, the CBP1 app is something that's really, really interesting right now because what happened was last week the Biden administration actually increased the daily appointments on the app. Just to give a little bit of a, a, a sort of a rerun through the CPP1 app, what it does is people on the other side of the they have to do is apply on their cell phone for asylum inside of the United States, show up at either a port of entry or realistically not a port of entry, anywhere they can find Border Patrol, show them their phone that uh, they applied for the asylum of the app, and then they're able to come across. Oh. Um, I, I will say in the congressional hearing that I was talking, that I was listening to yesterday, they ended up saying that uh, what happens is a lot of people, if they come to the border illegally and Border Patrol catches them, um, but there's been cases in which they've been sent back into Mexico so they could go apply on this app and then show back up at the border so they could come and legally, or I'll do air quotes here, legally. Um, but ultimately, what happened was CBP-1 app originally had allowed 1,000 entrants a day to come into the country, and last week, the Biden administration raised that to 1,250 every day. Wow. So uh, more people are coming in across the border every day, and more people are coming in, quote-unquote, legally, um, which is a problem that we're definitely starting to see. So 1,000 a day, that's, uh, that's 30,000 a month. Yeah. Uh, that's that's an incredible number. I mean, that, that that that's crazy. And those are the legal ones. Those are the ones we are not catching. I mean, that we are we are knowledgeable about. Those are yeah, not the guys. Exactly. Those are not the gotaways. Those are people who were counting, and those people are not going to be counted as people that are coming illegally into our country, people who are caught out of our entry. Those are going to be people who are claiming asylum inside of our country. So when we talk about the CBP CBP statistics about border crossings and how many illegal uh, migrants they ended up catching at the border um, over the month, realize that these people are not counted in. And, you know, with this new increase, it's looking like we're going to have almost 40,000 new people inside of the country every single month, strictly because of this app, and they're not going to be counted as people coming into our country illegally. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, and the richest part, I think, is what the administration says, which they said the process is going to cut out smugglers while providing a safe, <laughs> orderly, humane process for people to come into the country. <laughs> oh, what, what, what a farce. What a farce. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Ron uh, Kovach, who is uh, the press secretary for FAIR, Federation for Immigration Reform. Uh, also our sponsor for uh, our show. Ron, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Tell the folks how they can um, support uh, FAIR. Of course. Thanks so much for having me again. Really appreciate being on the show. If uh, anyone would like to support FAIR, uh, they hear what I'm talking about, and they, they appreciate our mission, want to learn a little bit more, I encourage them to go to fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S.org. We got a red donate button at the top, $5, $10, whatever you could spare. Really helps us in our mission and really helps us to be able to uh, push what we're talking about here. Um, we also have some good social media channels, FAIR on Facebook, at FAIR Immigration on Twitter, and at FAIR Immigration on Instagram. Would really encourage everyone to reach out there. If you want to see a little bit about what FAIR does, and you can also see some, uh, some footage from our border trip that we just got back from about a month ago. You got it. Thank you very much. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.